God is good. Amen? Yes, um, since Mark was one year old, I have been here. So, <laughs> And it's been good. Yeah, I, I came here when Pastor Mike and Beth were just first starting their church. So um, it's always an honor to come back and minister here. And it's been a, another great year for our ministry. I started off... Uh, in uh, the first of the year in Moldova, which is up near Russia. And then I was in um, uh, Romania. And in those areas, I was preaching in the gypsy churches and gypsy camps and uh, women's prison. And it was just so good because the ministry had purchased Bibles to take to these areas. And just to see those people just light up when you would get, not only give them a Bible, but for one man who wanted me to pray for him, and I opened up the Bible, and I was talking to him about healing, and I showed him Isaiah 53, 5, and uh, he took the Bible back out of my hand, and he looked at that, and he says, wow. <laughs> because, see, some of these people, they really realize, which we should, that God's Word is alive. It is alive. And just seeing those people just get so excited about the Word of God, is just, it's just worth it all. And there was one young boy at one of the gypsy camps who had been injured uh, because in this one particular area, there, it's a very, well, all the areas that I was at was very poor, but they have to uh, go out to the garbage trucks to get their food. And when the trash truck comes and they go out and try to gather up trash to see if there's something they could use for their house, and this young boy, who is now in his early 20s, he and a lady were standing too close to the uh, trash dump truck. And when it dumped the trash, it hit them both. And the lady was killed immediately. And this young boy, his name's Alex, he got brain damage. And, uh, but he came to my service. I noticed he always came 10 minutes early. And I thought either somebody tells him or somehow he just knows that it's time to come to church. And the last night I was teaching on healing there also. And, uh, and then I said, you know, God loves Alex. And when I said Alex, he just perked right up. You know, somebody's calling my name. And he just perked right up. And I was telling the people, you know, God loves Alex. And God's word is medicine. But Alex can't read the word. So he doesn't understand what the medicine is, because he can't read any longer. I said, now, wouldn't it be nice, since Alex comes 10 minutes early every service, if some of you would take turns to come early and read the word to Alex? But don't just read the healing scriptures. Let him see it as you're reading it, so he can see it and he can hear it, and the Holy Ghost will do the rest that Alex could be healed. And I said, so who would be willing to come 10 minutes early? Four ladies. Oh, we will all come. We're going to come. And it was just so exciting to see people that they realized there was something that they could do to help Alex. Isn't that beautiful? That they just got a revelation that they could help Alex. And then in April, I was back in Switzerland and Germany and Ireland. But in, in Switzerland, I had the great pleasure of being invited by the captain of the FBI to come and speak to a Christian uh, police association. And uh, he was a Christian police FBI captain. 
And so here I am preaching at this conference with a whole room of Christian police officers who are also spirit-filled officers. <laughs> and so I was teaching them about um, how to listen to the Holy Spirit because I said, because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, you have information on the inside that you didn't learn at the police academy. And they thought, wow, that's so true. <laughs> and at the end, I asked anybody who hadn't been filled with the Holy Spirit to come forward. And there were six people that came up forward to receive the Holy Spirit. And then I said, well, let's just all lift up our hands and pray in the Holy Ghost. And this whole room of Christian police officers is praying in tongues. And it was just, it was awesome just to uh, have that privilege to uh, go and, and minister to the Christian police officers. And I asked some of the other pastors in Switzerland, I said, did you know that you have a Christian uh, police association? They didn't know that. And so it was quite enlightening for all of them. And so that was really great. And then Monday, I just got back from New Jersey and Ohio and Pennsylvania. Had also, The whole year has just been awesome with so many people getting saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and healed. And, and uh, it's, just, it's just so wonderful to to serve God. Isn't it great? Because we're all ministers of the gospel. Amen. And then the 14th of September, I will be leaving for uh, India. I'll be in two places in India, Bangalore, and then the other place, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce the name. And then I'll go to Chai Mai, Chiang Mai, something like that, in Thailand. But I'll be teaching in the Bible schools over there and in the churches. And I'll be over there for about three and a half weeks. So I'm looking forward to that. And if any of you don't get uh, my newsletter because I send out um, information about where I'm at all the time, and you can just kind of be a part of that. And, but if you want to go back on that book table in the back and get a partnership card, and not only do you get my newsletter, but once a month I send out an encouraging word, but also I pray for my partners every day because we're in this together. We co-labor together. Amen. So if, please feel free to go back there. Um, some of the things, I don't know if I had this last time. One of my prayer series is called Prayer Dynamics, but it's a four-part a CD series that I've done several years ago on prayer, and we get a lot of uh, re replies for that. So I thought I'm just going to bring some up here tonight because I don't know if I had them here last time. And then I know some of you have my little healing book, Instructions from a Great Physician, from The Great Physician. And in the back, there's also a prayer for salvation. You know, healing is the dinner bell to salvation. And you might already have this book, but you need to give it to somebody because I'm sure every one of you knows somebody who is struggling with healing. And it is just, uh, just a, a tool that they can have in their hand to understand how to apply God's word as medicine. Amen? And then again, there's a salvation prayer at the back because healing is the dinner bell to salvation. And then also we have back there the little daily power bars for healing. I'm taking these to India with me as well as um, these, we're going to donate those to uh, the Bible school students over there. But just to have a packet of healing scriptures, it's just so user-friendly because you can't always take your Bible with you all day long to work and all those places. But just to have a healing scripture because God's Word is medicine. And one beautiful thing about God's medicine, and you've heard me say this before, it has no negative side effects. And you can take it as often as you need to take it. And that's what makes this so handy. If it's just in your pocket at work, every hour on the hour or three times a day or at, or at lunchtime or your break, just take out one scripture and you read it, you look at it, you read it out loud, and then it gets into your heart because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen?
So, Father, we thank you so much for your word tonight. Lord, we thank you for the honor. We thank you for the privilege of coming together and to sit at your feet for the Holy Spirit to teach us and to guide us. And, Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes to see what perhaps we didn't see last time. We've heard the scriptures over and over, but maybe there's something we didn't see. Maybe there's something we didn't hear that we might hear tonight. So, Lord, open our eyes, open our ears, and open our hearts to receive all that you have for us. And, Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, one of the keys to receive healing is to come into agreement with the Word of God. You know, sometimes we, we talk like we agree with it, but do you really agree with it, really? Because it says in Isaiah 53, 5, that by his stripes you are healed. And in 1 Peter 2, 24, it says by his stripes you were healed. So if the Bible says you are and you were, then you is. Amen? And so, see, you have to see yourself as the Word of God says you are. So you need to get a revelation. I is healed now because faith is now faith. Put your hand on your heart and say this with me. I is healed. I is healed. Amen. So, again, you need to see yourself as the Word of God says you are. Because, you know, the Bible says we have to walk by faith, not by sight. And what exactly does that mean? It means that we have to walk with truth, what the Word of God says. The Word is truth. Jesus says in John 17, 17, my words are truth. So to walk by faith means that we walk by truth, not by the facts, not by results. But too many people judge healing based upon facts or based upon results instead of the word. And the word says, I is healed. The facts will say you're sick, but you need to walk by truth and not by facts. Because, see, the truth will always reverse the facts. That's why it's important that you understand and know what the truth is. So the eye of faith sees first what the natural eye does not yet see because faith is of the heart. So we have to live from the inside out. So the eye of faith sees first what the natural eye does not yet see. Let's look at Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, 27. This is Jesus speaking, and we need to be in agreement with what Jesus says. Amen? In Luke 18, 27, Jesus says, The things that are impossible with man is possible with God. The things that are impossible with men is possible with God. In other words, you could say the things that are impossible with a doctor is still possible with God. 
Now, how hopeful is that? Amen? That's very hopeful. But just it's just looking at it. You know, that's why it's so important that you look at the Word. Don't just always have it memorized, but you look at it. When I look at that and I see that this is red letter, the things that are impossible for my doctor to do for me is still possible with God. That there's absolutely no hopeless situation with God. But we have to come into agreement with what the Word says. Doctors can treat you, but Jesus is the healer. I never talk against doctors because God uses doctors and he uses medicine, amen? But again, only they can treat you, but Jesus is the healer. And that is so encouraging. Now turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Let's look at verse 1. Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh. That means not after the facts. You're not walking according to results, but after the Spirit. And then look in verse 5. For they that are after the flesh, well, they mind the things of the flesh. In other words, people are always listening to the facts and they make every decision based upon facts or based upon results. We're not supposed to do that. For they that are after the flesh, they mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, well, they mind the things of the spirit, which is truth. We have to pay attention to truth. And then it tells us the consequences there or the results in verse 6. For to be carnally minded which means to always pay attention to the facts or the flesh, it says it is death. Now, death means to live a defeated life. You know, you can come to church week after week after week. You can even be praying in the Holy Spirit. But if you don't agree with the Word of God that says, I is healed, you will live a defeated life in any area of your life not just for healing, but if you don't agree with the word, you can be saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and live a defeated life. But then it says to be spiritually minded is life, peace, you could say healing, wholeness, victory, prosperity. It's whatever you need that God has already provided for you. You must be spiritually minded. How many know that you are a spirit being? You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Your soul is your mind and your emotions. You have to renew your mind every day so that it agrees with the word. That's how you get into that agreement is by the renewing of your mind. So you don't want to be always thinking, yes, you'll hear the facts, but don't magnify the facts. You want to magnify the truth. Now turn, if you would, to Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4. I like what it says in verse, uh, verse 13. It says, take fast hold of instructions. Don't let her go because she is your life. You know, I'm, I'm convinced that there's so many people, Christians, people in the body of Christ, who are struggling so much with receiving healing because they don't follow the instructions. He says here, take hold of instructions. Don't let instructions go. I have here a little 
it's an empty bottle, but it's a, I, I got the same color that looks like a medicine bottle. And I put a little label on here. It says, take one tablet three times a day on an empty stomach. These would be the instructions. Now, if I don't follow those instructions, I won't get the results that I'm supposed to get by following these instructions. I might decide, well, this medication was really expensive. I think I'll just stretch it out and do it every other day. But I'm not going to get the results, am I? Or I might think, wow, this is really good stuff. I think I'm just going to take the whole thing at once. I'll be done with it, and you'll be done too. <laughs> so you've got to follow the instructions or you're not going to get the right results, amen? Well, Jesus says here, the Word says, take hold of my instructions because my instructions are life, healing, wholeness. We have to know what the instructions are and follow his instructions for healing. And beginning in verse 20, he begins to tell us the instructions. He says, my son, attend to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Now, let me stop here for just a moment. When you go to a doctor, you're going to always get a doctor's report. But when you come to the word of God, you get the Lord's report. So we could actually read it like this. Attend to my report. Incline your ear to my report. Let not my report depart from your eyes, but keep my report in the middle of your heart because my report is life to those that find it, or we could say who obey it, and health to all your flesh. In the original translation, that word health is called medicine. His words are medicine to our flesh. And then it goes on to say in verse 23, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. It says, in the Amplified, it says, above all, guard your heart. Well, what are you supposed to guard your heart against? The facts. Guard your heart against listening to the facts over and over and over because the facts will always bring fear, and fear is the enemy of your faith. Yes, you get the facts from the doctor, but then you magnify truth because truth has a supernatural ability to reverse the facts. All facts are subject to change because of truth. So that's why it's so important that we know the instructions and follow the instructions. And then in verse 24, it says, put away from you a froward mouth and perverse lips. Put far from you. You know, in Matthew 12, 34, it says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth does what? The mouth speaks. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever you have in your heart is what's going to come out of your mouth. 
So that's why it says guard your heart because if you don't guard your heart about from the facts, you're going to get all those facts and they're going to get into your spirit and then from the abundance of the heart, all those facts are going to keep coming forth and then you snare yourself. Look at verse, chapter 6, verse 2. You are snared with the words of your mouth. So see, you need to know what truth is and get truth on the inside of you and so that from the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak the truth, amen? And then that truth has the ability to change those facts. But you've got to agree with God's word. You've got to agree with the instructions and that his word is medicine to your flesh. Hallelujah, isn't that wonderful? That God, God knew that we would need medicine and so he gave us medicine. And when you come into agreement with God's word, you have come into agreement with the Holy Spirit because the word of God was inspired by what? Who? The Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit represents the anointing of God. So we could say just like the Holy Spirit lives in us, the anointing of God lives in us. Or even in a more simple term, the power. The power of God lives on the in side of us. But that power isn't automatically activated unless you activate it with the words of your mouth. And you need to activate it all the time. You don't want to just turn it off and turn it on. Now look at Romans chapter 8. In Romans, uh, going back to Romans 8, <clears throat> in verse 11, <clears throat> it says, but if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwells where? In you and me. You know, I, I find this just beyond awesome because we have the Holy Trinity. We have the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And God the Father and God the Son live in heaven. But God the Holy Spirit doesn't live in heaven. He lives inside of you and me. That means that God has imparted one-third of himself to live inside of you and me. To me, that is beyond awesome. That one-third of the Holy Trinity, one-third of the Godhead actually lives inside of you and me. You know, we hear so much about the wars and bombs, and bombs are very powerful. And they destroy not only their target, but they destroy everything else around the target. But there never has been, and there never will be, a bomb so powerful that it can reach the pit of hell. But the same spirit that did reach the pit of hell and raised Christ from the dead actually lives inside of you and me. Wow. Isn't that awesome? I mean, it's beyond awesome. And we need to get a revelation that that is the power that lives on the inside of you and me. That power has the ability to zero in on a malignant tumor 
destroy all those cancer cells and never harm any healthy tissue around it. Glory to God. Amen. I mean, that is just awesome that God has put one third of himself to live inside of you and me. We should never, no wonder it says, thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph, that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you and me. That is exciting. Amen. Hallelujah. But, so, but again, that power isn't automatically activated. We have to activate it by being in agreement with God's word. So going again to Proverbs chapter 4, I want to look at a couple more things there in Proverbs chapter 4. Uh, you know, after the fall, well, we could say before the fall of man, uh, man was never subject to sickness and disease. But after the fall, the human body did become subject to sickness and disease. And God knew that would happen. And because God so loved the world, he so loves you and me, that he knew that our human body was going to be subject to sickness and disease. And so he made medicine to heal the human body. Amen. God is good. Amen. So God made his word to be the medicine. And who made the human body? God. Amen. Amen. So God made the human body and he made the medicine to heal the human body. The human body made by God will never reject God's medicine to heal it. And God's medicine will never reject the human body. Both were made by God. I mean, that is just so simple. Isn't that simple? I mean, if God made the body, he made the medicine, then obviously he made them to work together. It's just like seed and soil. God made seeds and he made the soil. When you put seed into the ground, that ground does not reject the seed. And seeds don't reject the ground. They harmonize. They were meant to, to, to uh, work together. Well, God's medicine and the human body was made to work together. See, we just have to keep things simple. Sometimes we make things just way, way too complicated. But you know, one thing I've learned... Um, Sometimes you have to speak to your body. I remember reading about Smith Wigglesworth. Y'all know who Smith Wigglesworth is, don't you? He used to speak to his body and tell his body how it felt. Well, you need to speak to your body and say, Body, in the name of Jesus, I command you to line up with God's medicine because you were made to receive the medicine. It's just like I always look at my spirit man as I'm the parent. And I have two children. One is a body and one is a mind. <laughs> it's just like when your kids were little. You always had to discipline your kids. Didn't you have to discipline your children? Yes. You have to now line up and you do what I tell you to do. Well, my spirit man tells my body, listen, you line up with the word of God. The word says you are healed. So now you receive that. 
and then I just tell my mind, because every, every human being has negative thoughts coming, and you need to learn to take those negative thoughts captive. Captive. It tells us that in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5, that you need to take those negative thoughts captive, and you do that by replacing those negative thoughts with the word of truth. So you just need to take charge over your mind and take charge over your body and command them to line up. Amen? So we have a lot of responsibility. But the easy part is it was meant to work together. It was meant to work together. It's just like I had to take my car into the shop the other day. I needed a new part. Well, Honda parts are made for a Honda. BMW parts, they're made for a BMW. God's medicine is made for God's body. Amen? Did you know that your body is God's body? Yes, indeed it is. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Just when you read this scripture alone, ought to be such confidence for you to know that God wants your body healed and whole because it belongs to God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, the Holy Ghost is in you, which we have of God, and you are not your own. For you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. That ought to tell you right there that your body is the temple this is where one-third of God lives. He's not going to want to be up in heaven with Jesus living in that beautiful place and then having the other third of himself in a sick, crippled, mangled body, right? He said, that body belongs to me. Now, you glorify me in your body and in your spirit. And if your body doesn't line up, you just command your body to line up. Amen? You got to speak to that child. Make it line up. Amen. Get serious. Get tough with your body. You know, wimpy people don't win. Wimpy people don't win. So we got to be strong. So go back again to Proverbs chapter 4. Now, these are specific instructions. It says to incline, we are to incline our ear to his sayings. We are to keep it before our eyes. Keep it in the middle of our heart. These are the instructions. In other words, your ear gate and your eye gate and the mouth gate have to all be involved in the instructions. But so often, we get to the place where we have memorized Scripture, and so we just go around and quote it. It doesn't even say to quote it, although when you meditate on the word, it does mean to softly speak back. But the instructions are to keep it before your eyes. Always incline your ear to it. Let me just tell you something. This, from Genesis to Revelations, is a love letter to you and to me. God is telling us from beginning to the end, I love you, I love you, I love you. And I will supply every need that you have. 
and no weapon formed against you will prosper, and that by my stripes you are healed. There's just something when he says, uh, incline your ear to what I say, and, and, and don't let it depart from your eyes. When you actually take time to read those scriptures, there's just something that happens. Something happens when you realize that this is your heavenly Father telling you that you will not die but live and declare the works of the Lord, that this is your heavenly Father telling you that no weapon of cancer, no weapon of kidney disease, no weapon of heart failure will prosper against you. There's just something happens when you actually see that. And then with, when then you uh, hear it with your own lips, you hear it. Well, then it's the eye gate and the ear gate working together to get that into your spirit. And then from the abundance of the heart, your mouth gate begins to speak truth, not facts. But you put the truth in there. I mean, just something happens. See, this Bible is it's written black and white, and, a few, and there's some red scriptures in there, but it's just a book. But when you read it, all of a sudden, it comes alive. And when it comes alive to you, that is the most prophetic. It's just a book. But when you read it and you see it and you hear it from your own mouth, that is as prophetic as it's going to get. It comes alive. When you think about someone that's a military person who's overseas fighting, and you, they, they don't know from one day to the next if they're even going to survive, if they're going to get killed or not. But when they get a love letter from home, and it says, Honey, we miss you so much. Little Johnny wants to know, when's Daddy going to come home? I want to play ball with Daddy. And little Sally, she's been coloring pictures. I want to give my picture to Daddy. Honey, be careful. The whole church is praying for you. I love you. I miss you so much. He can probably smell her hand lotion. Do you think he's going to read that one time and then throw it out? No way. That is so precious to him. He's going to fold it up and put it in his pocket. The next opportunity he has, he's going to carefully open up that letter and he's going to look at it, and he's probably even maybe going to hear it out, read it out loud and hear it, and he's going to see it and hear it, and it's just going to get on the inside of him because it is a love letter. It is so precious, and pretty soon he's even got it memorized. You think he's going to throw it away? Mm-mm. He's going to open it up, and he's going to read it because there's just something that happens when you read a love letter. There's something happens when you see this is God speaking to me who loved me so much that he would send his only son to die on the cross for me that I might uh, walk in divine health, 
that I could be healed. There's just something special. So see, if you just go around, around quoting the scripture, then you're only following one-third of the instructions. You're only taking one-third of the dosage. It's not going to work, is it? You've got to take the whole dosage. You've got to follow the instructions. You know, sometimes people think, oh, well, that's a lot of work. That's an inconvenience. Well, to me, chemotherapy would be a bigger inconvenience. Kidney dialysis, to me, that would be an inconvenience. But if I think this love letter <laughs> is an inconvenience, shame on me, huh? This is so precious. We've got to follow the instructions. We've got to get the ear gate, the eye gate, and the mouth gate all working together. Because when you do that, faith is strength. your faith is strengthened through following the instructions, and fear is diminished. Faith is strengthened, strengthened, and fear is diminished. So once again, the eye of faith sees first what the natural eye does not yet see. And faith, there's the ear of faith. What is the ear of faith here? The ear of faith repeatedly hears, I is healed. No weapon formed against me will prosper. I will not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. Himself bore my sicknesses and carried my diseases. That's what the ear of faith hears repeatedly over and over and over. The eye of faith sees what the ear of faith hears. So can you see how important to have the eye gate, the ear gate, and the mouth gate all working together? Because then from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and major changes can take place when you're speaking uh, with faith in your heart. Look at John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Are you learning anything? In John chapter 8 verse 32 it says, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. But so many people know more about the facts than they know about the truth. You need to know the truth. You need to magnify the truth. Now look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Colossians 3, 16. <clears throat> the word of God is just so beautiful, so powerful. Amen? Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. It says, let the word of Christ, I like to say it like this, let the word of truth Dwell in you, what's the next word? What? Richly. See, that word richly is critical because it is telling us what level to have the word in us. So you can have it in you on a low level or a rich level. If the word is in you on a rich level, you will get rich level results. If the word is in you on a low level, you will get low level results. I want rich level results, don't you? Rich level results. You know, I've been to Africa numerous times, and maybe you've heard me give this illustration before, but 
I was in lion territory one time. I actually slept in a tent in lion territory. It was not my favorite place to sleep. But I've seen those lions when they attack their prey. Now, you know what kind of prey they attack? A weak prey. Because it's easy to devour a weak prey. Well, the Bible tells us that the devil goes around as a roaring lion. And the devil is looking for Christians who have the word on a low, weak level because he knows it would be very easy to devour that Christian. That's why that word richly is in there. It tells us this is the level that you get that word on the inside of you. Get it in you on a rich, rich level. Amen. You know, living in California, and I met um, Frisco back here. He said, said his name was San Francisco. <laughs> well, you know, in San Francisco, just like L.A. or San Diego, we have some very tall buildings, don't we? And when they built those buildings, they make them as earthquake-proof as they possibly can. And, but you know when they do it? Before the earthquake. Not in the middle of the earthquake. Well, you need to have the word in you richly before you even get sick. The wise man built his house upon the rock before the storm came. So get that word in you richly, on a rich level, in every area of your life. Amen? Now go to John chapter 6. In John chapter 6, Father, we thank you so much for your holy written word. In John chapter 6, verse 63, again, now this is Jesus speaking. It is the spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. Now listen to this. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. You know, the Bible says that when we worship God, we must worship him in what? Spirit and in truth. And he says here, my words are spirit and they are life. So in order for us to speak God's word, for him to put life on those words, we have to speak it from our spirit. The only way you can speak God's words from your spirit is when you have put those words in there on a rich level. If the word is in you on a low level, you're just speaking words just coming out of your mouth and out of your head. You know, I think sometimes, and we don't mean to do it, but I think there's times where we, we almost accidentally treat the word of God as though it was a magic potion. <gasps> I'm confessing, I'm confessing, I'm confessing. It's not magic. The word of God is not magic. It is spirit and it is life. And the only way that God can put life on those words that you and I speak is if it comes from the spirit because they are spirit. You understand that? So that's why our responsibility is to get it in there on that rich level so that we begin to speak it from our spirit. But we have to agree, right? We have to agree with the word. 
Amen. Let me give you an illustration. I want to, let me have four guys come up here, four gentlemen. Four, four gentlemen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One, two, three. And John. Huh? <laughs> I have you guys turn around and face them. I need four people. I'll have you all stand together. Thanks for volunteering, everybody. <laughs> John, I'm going to let you stand in the front, in the, in the front of those three. We're just going to role play. Is that okay? We're going to have a drama here tonight. <laughs> okay. I'm going to have you, Mark. I'm going to let you be the Holy Ghost. Okay. No, I'm going to have you be Jesus. Jesus, after the cross. <laughs> not, not to worry. Not to worry. <laughs> you can be the Holy Ghost. You get to be God. Whoa. Just for today. Just God for the day. You can be the pillar of the church. All right. I will be the devil. Because I, I don't ever want anybody to volunteer to be the devil. So I'll be the devil. So one day, let me say this first of all. So often when we pray... We're either asking the Lord to do one of two things. We're asking him to do something he's already done. Or we're asking him to do something that he told us that we're supposed to do. Amen? So one day, the devil attacks John with sickness and disease. Well, he turns to Jesus, and he begins to pray. Jesus, heal me, heal me, but nothing happens except the devil just keeps coming and John's just getting worse and worse and he, Jesus, heal me, heal me, but nothing happens. He's asking Jesus to do something he's already done. See, Calvary was so well done in one act, it need never to be repeated. But then one day, the eyes of his understanding are enlightened. And Jesus says, John, behold, I have given you authority to trample on serpents, on scorpions, over all the power of the enemy, over sickness and disease, that nothing by any means can harm you. So instead of praying to Jesus, he turns around to the devil and he begins to take his authority and in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, spirit of infirmity, I break your hold. I pull you down from your position of authority. I break the power assignment you have against me, for it is written. When he does that, and he's beginning to take authority and he's speaking from his spirit, look what happens. Holy Ghost, put both your hands on his shoulders. The Bible says, because the Holy Spirit lives right here, right? Now, the whole time he was praying for Jesus, the Holy Spirit was still there. He was saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, but he was living a defeated life. But now, when he takes his authority and he becomes, and he gets into agreement that by the stripes of Jesus he is healed, he now agrees with the Holy Ghost who lives on the inside of him, and the Holy Spirit is his helper. He is strengthening him, that he does not get weary in well-doing. He is, I mean, whatever he needs, the Holy Ghost is helping him. He is his helper. We need to learn to work with our helper, amen? And then look what else happens. Jesus also put both your hands on his shoulders. The Bible says that Jesus is seated 
at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding for John. I think sometimes we forget that Jesus is praying for you and me every day. Isn't that just wonderful that Jesus is praying for us? I don't know what all he's praying, but you can be sure he's got all the bases covered. Amen. He's Jesus. And then look what happens. God put both your hands on his shoulders also. Wow. <laughs> now, the Bible says when John speaks from his spirit, he speaks words of spirit, God puts life on the words that John spoke, that no weapon formed against him will prosper, that by the stripes of Jesus, he is healed. And he comes into agreement now with the word of God, with the Holy Spirit. And the devil looks at him. The devil uh, doesn't see flesh and blood. The devil sees a spirit of light, of force, of authority. When you look at John, what do you see right now? All of heaven backs him up. When you take your authority and you've got that word on the inside of you, on that rich level, and you begin to activate that power on the inside of you, all of heaven is backing you up. And when he takes authority over the devil and he resists the devil, the devil has no option. Sickness and disease has no option. It has to flee. Amen? Now, saved, filled, and triumphant instead of saved, filled, and victorious instead of being defeated. He's now living a triumphant life because he's got the word in him on that rich level and he begins to speak it from his spirit and God puts life on it. Amen? Thank you, gentlemen. So can you see our responsibility? <laughs> Hallelujah. So we have to take our responsibility, come into agreement with the word of God. I want to just give you one last scripture. Um, in John chapter 8, this always tickles me. You know, have you ever said something to somebody and maybe you told your kids, no, I don't want you to do that, but they do it anyway, and then you say, what is it about no that you don't understand? <laughs> well, let me, let me read something to you that Jesus, he was speaking to his disciples, and Jesus says, why do you not understand my speech? <laughs> that would be if Jesus was here today and he said, by my stripes you are healed. Now, what is it about my speech that you don't understand? That by my stripes you is healed. And that's something he said, what is it about my speech that you don't understand? He says it in John chapter 8, verse 43. Well, he says, you are healed. You are and you were, then you is. Amen. So, Father, we thank you tonight that we are healed. And Lord, I pray for each and every person that we will begin to see ourselves as the holy written word says we are, that we will begin to respond from our spirit and that we will get that word in us on a rich level so that we will begin to speak from our spirit and then you put life on all those healing words. Father, I pray that your word takes deep root into each and every heart tonight that will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Now, if there's anybody here tonight and maybe you have 
pain in your body or sickness or disease in your body and you would like me to pray for you, I'd like to do that. Just coming into agreement with you tonight that by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. But first of all, if there's anybody here, if, if maybe you're visiting and, and you don't know Jesus, you don't know him as your Lord, your Savior, your healer, if that's you tonight, you've never asked Jesus to come into your life. You don't know for sure that if you were to die that you would even go to heaven. But you can know that tonight. You can know him as your Savior. You can know him as your healer. And you can know that you know that you know as long as you're on this earth, the Holy Spirit will be inside you to help you, to guide you, to strengthen you. But when you leave this earth, you will know that you will go and head to heaven and live with Jesus forever and ever and ever. Is, is there anybody here tonight that you've never prayed and asked Jesus to come into your life? If that's you, I want to pray with you tonight. Or maybe you've prayed that prayer and you've drifted away, but you can just sense the Holy Spirit just wooing you back tonight. Is there anybody here tonight that you've never prayed that prayer? You have, but you've just drifted away. I know it's healing school, so maybe everybody here tonight is saved. Does everybody here, you know Jesus? Everybody know Jesus tonight? Well, if you have pain in your body and you want me to pray with you tonight, uh, I'm going to ask you to come up here quickly and I would pray with you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus is the healer, but I'm just a vessel for his healing power to flow through. So when I pray with you tonight, I don't want you to be praying. This is your time to receive, not to be talking to God, but to receive from God. And most of the time when uh, we pray, healing is not always instant. We love it to be instant but most of the time it is not. But that doesn't mean it's not working. The moment we pray, the healing process begins. But maybe tonight, later on, or tomorrow, those facts might start shouting at you. You give no place to those facts. You give place to truth that when hands were laid upon you tonight, the healing power begins. And so now from this point on, we give him praise we give him thanks. Amen. Don't snare yourself with the words of your mouth. Don't let those facts get in there. You let that word of truth get in there. You know, every night I was talking to somebody today. I said, you know, I never go to bed without uh, listening to a sermon. I go to sleep with a sermon every night. I'm either listening to Brother Hagen or somebody every single night. And even though I'll fall asleep before that sermon is uh, over with, it's feeding my spirit all the time. And when I'm feeding my spirit, there's no place for negative thoughts or facts to come into my mind. My mind is just constantly being renewed and it's so encouraged. And uh, so I can just go to sleep just hearing that word. And you know, God never sleeps or slumbers. So it's just my body that's going to sleep. But my spirit is still just being fed over and over and over. Sometimes people have so much trouble sleeping at night because their mind just is going hog wild, you know. Well, then listen to a sermon. You can't be thinking those negative, fearful thoughts when you're taking in the Word of God. When he says, you are the apple of his eye. 
that he will never leave you, he will never forsake you, that he will supply every need that you have. I mean, that is just so encouraging to listen to those love words from God. Amen. So, Father, I thank you for my sister tonight. I thank you that no weapon formed against her will prosper, that by the stripes of Jesus, she is healed. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus, I come against all infirmity. I break its hold. I break it right now. In the name of Jesus, be thou set free. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet, I command all those symptoms to cease in their maneuvers. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I release that healing power to flow into every organ, every tissue, every cell in her body. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. And Lord, I release that healing power to flow into every organ, every tissue, every cell, into the bone, the marrow, the ligaments, the tendons, the spleen, the blood, bringing about a complete healing and a cure. In the name of Jesus, be thou made whole. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The name is above all other names. Be free, be healed, be whole. After I pray for you, you can be seated. The name of Jesus. Lord, we come against all those fearful thoughts that have been there over the time. We give no place to those any longer. Lord, we choose to give place to truth. So I thank you, Father, for the power of the Holy Ghost living on the inside of him, stirring up, stirring up, just stirring up that faith, bringing about a complete healing and a cure. Be thou made whole. Lord, may his physical strength be renewed like the eagles. In the name, it's above all other names, the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that there's just something special. There's power in the name of Jesus. Peace, peace. Be thou made whole. Top of your head to the soles of your feet. Every organ, every tissue coming into complete alignment with the word. Thank you, Lord. By your stripes, she is healed. Hallelujah. The name the name of Jesus. I release that healing power right now. Every organ, every tissue, 
the bone and the marrow and the blood, every organ, command you to come into alignment with the word right now. Be thou made whole. In Jesus' name. The name of Jesus. Cura siambrande che la brassande. Cura hale sepeke. Zona meke lereba. Be thou made whole. Ora sia le belle de siambrande che la cocosciande de bebegera. Healed and whole. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. And we give no place to fear. No, it has to go. It has to go. We choose to give place to truth. And truth says, I is healed. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus. Be thou made whole. The top of your head to the soles of your feet. Thank you, Lord, that no weapon formed against her will prosper. Long life, long life, strong life. But all fear has to go. We give no place to those facts. We only give place to truth. That by your stripes, she is healed and whole. In Jesus' name, the name that's above all other names. No, we don't give place to those fearful thoughts. We don't give place to the facts. We give place to truth. And, Lord, we acknowledge that your truth reverses the facts. In the name that's above all other names, be thou made whole. Lord, I release that healing power to every organ, every tissue, bringing about a complete healing and a cure. In the name of Jesus. The name, the name. Let the weak say, I am strong. Lord, I release that strength, spirit, soul, and body. I release that healing power to flow. Let it bring about a complete healing and a cure. For it is written by the stripes of Jesus. You are healed and satisfied with long, strong life. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you right now for your healing touch. You have pain in your shoulder? Father, we come against all this pain. Anything that's out of alignment, we speak wholeness to it right now. Body, I command you to line up with the word of God. For it is written, by the stripes of Jesus, this shoulder is healed 
and whole. All pain, all irritation, you have to go. And I release healing into the joint, into the marrow, into the blood, into the bone, into the ligament, every part of this shoulder. Be thou made whole. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Well, I just want to encourage you, get the word in you on a rich, rich level. So you'll begin to say, I is healed. And you're going to say that from your spirit. And then God, the king of the universe, is going to put life on those words. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for receiving me tonight. And Mark, I'll turn that back over to you. Amen.